This might come as a surprise to many of you, but I'm not a big prank guy. Like, I just, I like, my least favorite sketches on Jackass were the ones where they were, like, out in the street and, like, you know, doing, like, the bad grandpa stuff. Uh, I hate, hate Impractical Jokers. Like, not because uh, I it's uncomfortable to watch. Like, they're just bad. They're real bad. Like, it just, it's very fake. I don't really believe that they're actually pranking people. I think it's just really bad acting. But whatever. A lot of people like that show, and that's fine. If I'm going to do a prank, it's going to be like a real long, drawn out. Like, and it's real silly, real harmless. Like, for example, like, there was a period where uh, I would come into work, and I would be like the first one at the office by several minutes. And I would go to everyone's office and I would just move their desk towards the wall, back towards the wall, just like by like that half of an inch every day until eventually they would come in one day and they wouldn't be able to like, like really get like pull their chair out. There wouldn't be enough space between them and the chair and the wall. And that'd be hilarious. I thought it was funny. Um, I would love to like, get one of those I can't remember what they're called but they're just like uh it's like this little thing and it la- and the battery on it lasts for like 3 years you can hide it somewhere and it just sounds like there's a cricket or something in the wall or wherever you hide it and I would do that and I would I I like the long mental manipulation of slowly driving someone crazy which as I say it out loud sounds ve- like very concerning behavior right that is Uh, That's very psychopathic behavior, but whatever. That's what I'm into this week. We are talking about three different pranks from history. It's our weird world. Our weird world. Welcome to our weird world. I'm your host, John Henson. And yes, like I said, just a couple seconds ago, Talking about some pranks from history, some notable things, some little tricks that people tried or whatever. I just it's a kind of a broad, broad term this week. Um, I have three stories for you. Uh, I have the historical account of the very first mooning because I'm a child and I think that's funny. Uh, also looking at the story of Filippo Brunelleschi and then uh, a story about a prank that a Boston news station pulled that did not go well at all. Story time. Our first story starts all the way back in year 66. That's it. Two digits. Double digit number history now. Um, it's the year 66 thousands and thousands of Jews are descending upon Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. Um, obviously if you're not familiar with this event commemorating the Jewish captivity of Egypt, when Moses commanded Pharaoh to let the Hebrews go free or face the wrath of God. And then there was frogs and locusts and then the river turned red and there was famines and all kinds of other stuff. And then after all that, like Hebrews were still enslaved. So then God gets like really homicidal for some reason and promises to kill every firstborn son in uh, whatever Egyptian city this is taking place in uh, probably Cairo. We assume it's, I don't think it's actually mentioned, but um, you know, 
going to kill every firstborn son unless the residents have slaughtered a lamb and then smeared its blood across the door. Like, I like. Here's the thing. Like, I get that the Jews have been heavily persecuted, often unnecessarily, but this is weird behavior. All right. I think. I think. I think. Just without any context. All right. You. You have a group of people. I feel like people are getting very tense and uncomfortable right now because this is heading in a very anti-Semitic direction. It's not. I love Jews. All right. They have great pickles, and. They they're great with deli meats. And so but like if you just look at it without any context, all right, it's like, hey, if you don't let us go, our God, who is the embodiment of love and justice and peace and power and understanding is going to murder all of your firstborn children in their sleep, which of course, I mean, of course he's going to do it in their sleep. He's a God of love. And then in order for your child to not be born or not be killed, you need to go out and slaughter a lamb, not a sheep, right? Not a ram, but a baby version of that animal. You have to slaughter it. And then you need to take its blood. That is pouring from its neck. You know, it's just, you know, that blood. And you need to take it and you need to smear it across your door. Don't, no, not paint, all right? Not, you know, pigment from some sort of flower or anything else. You have to use blood, all right? <clears throat> smear that all over your door. And then our God will protect you. What kind of behavior is that? Like, I get it. It's a different time, but I don't know. I just like if, and we're taught this story as children. I was taught this story as a children. No one, none of us saw anything wrong with it. Like we, we heard this story and we were just like, oh yeah. Wow. Those Egyptians were silly. God's amazing. You know, it's just, I don't know, but I look at it now. Anyway, that's a weird tangent. I, I don't mean to do that every single time, but anyway, it's 66 AD. I'm going to reset here. Thousands of Jews are sin- descending upon Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. Um, at this point, right? We are roughly 30 years after Jesus's death. The Jerusalem is still occupied by the Romans who did not understand, nor did they care for the large number of Jewish holidays. Um, One soldier guarding the city finally had enough of all of the Jewish worshiping and observance and decided to let everyone know how he felt. And so from his post, High upon a platform overlooking the worshipers at the temple in Jerusalem, the Roman soldier turned around and he just lifted his whatever. I don't think they were wearing pants, but they like the like I, skirt. I was trying to think of another word other than skirt, but it was a skirt. Lifted up his skirt and mooned the entire crowd and. To add to this display, he also made fart noises because <laughs> because of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, 
This is all documented. You can go and find this. Uh, the Jewish elders, vehemently offended, extremely offended, went to uh, the procurator uh, who was named uh, Ventidius Cumanus, all right, which I find hilarious, especially in the context of this story. His last name was Cumanus, C-U-M-A-N-U-S, all right? You you tell you tell uh, <laughs> you tell old uh, old Travis out there to to pronounce that name. Guess how he's gonna say it? That's uh, Vantidius Cumanus. That's right. <laughs> I get it. That's funny. Anyway, um, but the Jews they they went to this guy to have the soldier punished. Um, the younger members of the crowd uh, started throwing stones at the soldiers above the temple. Speaking of, uh, anyway, Cat has the poop zoomies now. Um, Kumanis, he was not pleased at the developments happening and ordered reinforcements into the city to disperse the angry mob. And then the mob, seeing the approaching Roman army, panicked and stampeded for the temple exits. And in all, and this is how it's documented in history, which is insane to me, 10,000 Jewish people died from being trampled to death in this incident or by some other inadvertently violent act. And this was kind of the catalyst for the first Jewish Roman war. Just insane how the first documented mooning turned into 10,000 Jews being trampled to death and the start of the Jewish Roman war. Crazy, right? History. It's fun. Um, Our second story here is of uh, Filippo Brunelleschi, who was born to a wealthy family in Florence, Italy in 1377. Uh, Although he was groomed to kind of follow in his father's footsteps to just work as a civil servant, uh, Filippo decided that he wanted to be an artist instead and became a master sculptor and goldsmith. Um, His works actually were really popular and earned him a legacy as one of the founding fathers of Renaissance architecture. Go look it up back like verify my claims on this i'm sure you're like i've never heard of this guy in the renaissance it was just the ninja turtle guys well this guy kind of started it anyway um i don't know why i'm so defensive but <laughs> when uh when filippo wasn't sculpting the italian skyline he was print he was playing pranks on people he would love to play practical jokes on people um one day in 1409 a local man named Il Grasso, which in Italian is translated to the fat, um, did something to enrage Filippo, which was not what you do to famous Renaissance sculptors. So Filippo decided that he would get his revenge by convincing Il Grasso that he had switched bodies, kind of like Freaky Friday style, with a local wealthy man named Matteo. So it, it starts out, um, Il Grasso leaves his home to go grab some carpentry supplies. And while he was out, Filippo breaks into Il Grasso's house and locks the door. When Il Grasso returns home and tries to walk into his house, he is met with a voice that sounds a lot like his own shouting at him from the other side of the door. Just go away. Whatever, however he sounds, we don't know. Now, Il Grasso, he's very confused right now because he doesn't understand how he is standing outside of his own door and then somehow talking to someone or himself, really. It sounds just like him. So he's outside of his own door. 
He's trying to get in, and then his own voice calls back to him from inside of his house telling him to go away. So he's very confused. So he wanders back into the town square where he runs into uh, Donatello, which was like, he's like the other famous Ninja Turtle sculptor that like no one remembers. Um, And Donatello was just like, hello, Mateo. How's it going? And El Grasso, he's very confused right now because he's El Grasso. He is not Mateo. And everyone... uh, had known who he was on the way to the carpentry shop, you know, like not even like 10 minutes ago. And he cannot figure out how things have changed so quickly. And it gets even weirder when a policeman arrests Il Grasso for a gambling debt because Il Grasso did not gamble. And he was just immediately carted off to jail and booked in as this guy named Mateo. And he's just like, I'm not Mateo, bro. But everyone's just like, no, you're Mateo. It very obviously you're Mateo. And it didn't help that every single prisoner in the jail excitedly greeted him as Mateo. He's walking down the hall and he's just passing every cell and everyone's like, Hey, it's a Mateo. He finally got an arrest and found the gambling debt. It's a Mateo. You know, because it's Italy. And <laughs> dude spends the entire night in jail. And the next morning, Mateo's brothers, the real Mateo's brothers, come in and bail him out and take him home. And Il Grasso, he just, I can't even imagine how this dude's feeling right now. Just trying to argue and reason with everyone that he is not Mateo, but they take him back to the real Mateo's house. He spends the entire day at that house with Mateo's brothers who couldn't understand why their brother was claiming that he wasn't who he said he was like dude has everybody in on it. Il Grasso, he's at Mateo's house with all of his brothers. His brothers are just like, dude, you are a Mateo. Why are you saying you're not a Mateo? You look exactly like a Mateo. You've always been a Mateo. Why are you being so crazy right now? And eventually, like after a, certain, after a while, everyone finally was like, all right, we've had enough. So one of the brothers gave Il Grasso a potion, quote unquote, that knocked him out cold. And while Il Grasso slept... Mateo's brothers, I mean, and this was, it had to be real heavy stuff because they carried this dude back to his actual home and put him in his actual bed. And before leaving, uh, the brothers took all of Il Grasso's carpentry tools and just laid them out all over the house. <clears throat> and the next morning, Il Grasso woke to the real Mateo paying him a visit, telling him about this crazy dream that he had the night before in which he had been a carpenter. And... Before anyone in town could tell Il Grasso that all of this had been a prank, dude loses his mind, has a complete mental breakdown, closes his business and flees the country and resettles in Hungary, which is like that is one of the greatest pranks ever. Honestly, it's it's up there with I know it's not a real prank, but like that one from the office where they switch Jim out with that Asian guy. Like that's that real, real manipulative mental stuff that I 
would love to do to people. Just really tear down the fabric of their core identity and make them question everything, all in the name of a joke. That's the good stuff, all right? Like, don't, 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 like, just tackle random people in the street, you know? Don't, don't stuff a little person in the trunk of a car and then wait for some random passerby in an intersection to just jump out and start running around. Like, that's weak, right? Really tear down someone's <laughs> sense of self and make them start a new life in a new country. That, that's the good stuff, right? Uh, our final story takes place on April 1st, 1980, when Channel 7 News in Boston signed off with a breaking news update. All right. Uh, the Great Blue Hill in the in the town of Milton, which is kind of a hill, has a 635 foot high bump in the landscape, less, roughly 20 miles south of Boston. Well, it had erupted, sending lava and ash into the air that would eventually rain down on the rest of the city. And here's the thing. I, I hope you caught this because this happened on April 1st, 1980. All right. It was April Fool's. They, you know, so Boston News trying to, you know, trying to spice things up a bit was like, hey, uh, the the great Blue Hill in Milton. I was going to go for the Boston accent and I couldn't I couldn't find it. But, you know, at a great Blue Hill in Milton is a volcano. It's erupted. Ha ha. It's a joke. Right. Um <clears throat> And they and but they kept going with the story. You know, it's like according to local scientists, this chain reaction had been triggered by a minor eruption of Mount St. Helens on the opposite side of the country, which like you have to be real stupid to just not even understand basic geology. I mean, I get it. Geology is not very like I know geology a little bit and I get that not a lot of people do. But like that's just that's just not how the earth works. You can't have a volcano erupt on the other side of the country and have it cause another like not volcano <laughs> to erupt in 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 the other side. It's just not how it works. Um but they even like put together a bunch of B-roll of lava's lava just flowing. It wasn't even from the hill in Boston. It was just like some random volcanoes. They even um read uh, a statement allegedly by president Jimmy Carter calling the event a serious situation. So they went all out for this. And before the report could even finish airing residents around Boston, especially in Milton, just, just fled into the streets, just evacuating, running for their lives um, to avoid this impending fiery death. Police and the fire departments were inundated with phone calls from terrified residents who of course, would have no idea how to behave in a volcanic eruption because in New England, that's like the last disaster you expect because of all of the not volcanoes there are up there. Um, <clears throat> had they waited a few more seconds to react and just let the report play out, they would have seen a handwritten note from the reporter reading April Fool's on the TV. But no, so many people didn't see that. They're already just out. And chaos has ensued. Um, eventually, people obviously figured it out. Obviously, Great Blue Hill is not a volcano. It's just a hill. And everything kind of went back to normal. The executive producer who ran that story immediately fired, for sure. But, you know, that's that's why, you know, 
news outlets can't do stuff like this. So there you go. Um, a shorter episode this week, but also who cares? Like all of these episodes over the last several months have been like 30 minutes long. I, you even got an hour long episode. I'm due for a shorter one. All right. So I'll probably also vamp for a little bit more and it'll probably be closer to 25 minutes by the time this is over. Who cares? Who cares? All right. Let's see what we learned today. What did we learn? Number one, the first historical account of someone getting mooned happened in Jerusalem by a Roman soldier, and it ended up in the deaths of 10,000 people. That's just funny to me. Uh, Number two, Filippo Brunelleschi literally destroyed the mental fabric of someone and caused him to flee the city and start a new life. And that is that might be the greatest prank of all time. I I have not seen anything that tops that. I. mm masterpiece and then number three uh there there were several residents of boston who thought that a volcano had actually erupted in their city and they lost their minds and look i don't know what that says about the people of boston but you know a lot of good things have not been said about the people of boston so we'll just throw that one on top Next week on Our Weird World, it is the start of our third, it's our third one, our annual Serial Killer September. Four weeks of nothing but serial killer stories. Going to be a lot of fun. So uh, next week... Uh, going to do another serial killer sampler. We had one of those uh, a couple of months ago, um, but we're going to talk about Amelia Dyer, Henry Lee Lucas, and Arthur Shawcross in that episode. And then uh, the rest of the month, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Robert Hansen, uh, who was an Alaskan serial killer who was not a good person, obviously. Um, Randy Kraft, who operated in California, also going to be a pretty heavy story. And then we're going to end the month with uh, Robert Berdella, who victim count wise, not super high, but the woo boy, what he did was very well documented and very awful. And so um, that's what we're going to do. And then we'll head into October where we're going to do some more spooky Halloween themed stories for the month. And it's going to be a great, great time. So thank you all for listening. Keep telling all of your friends and keep it weird. Thank you.